Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, joined here as usual by Drew Silva. Drew, what's up, man? What's going on? Uh, another busy week of trades. Uh, I think last night was I, I saw my favorite baseball moment of the year when Adrian Beltre got um, ejected from the game for moving the the on deck circle. Did you see that? I did see that. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. I think it's. <laughs> I know. But it got a, I, it got him ejected from the game, and he's what seven hits away from three thousand. I mean, that's, yeah, that's rough. That's rough. I I mean, I think it was pretty. St- I guess it is showing up the ump. I, I don't know. I don't really have a strong take on that. I just found it hilarious. I guess it is kind of showing up the up the ump, but I'm okay with it from a from a humor, <laughs> yeah. from a humor perspective. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, I mean, but, he's a, he's Adrian Beltre, man. He right. can do what he wants. Um, but yeah, an interesting week for for rumors. Uh, we had some minor trades. We had a lot of call-ups. Uh, so we'll kind of get into all that in a minute here. But uh, before we do, as always, a reminder, subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Audioboom, etc. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing the show. It costs you nothing, maybe a couple minutes of your time, but any help you could give us would be much appreciated. Uh, okay, Drew, I'm going to throw it to you for this first topic, probably the biggest news over the past week, um, and that's the Clayton Kershaw back issue. We know he had the back issue last year, uh, but now he's dealing with another uh, situation, uh, which is going to keep him out for a while. So uh, what's going on there? Yeah, so I think we would normally be talking trade rumors at the top of a podcast four days before the trade deadline, but you know, the best pitcher in baseball uh, is going on the, or went on the disabled list. He was pulled from his last start Sunday against the Braves after experiencing tightness in his lower back. Officially landed on the DL Monday with unconfirmed reports suggesting that he's likely to miss four to six weeks. It's not the same herniated disc problem that cost him two months last year, at least according to Dodgers manager Dave Robert, Roberts. But you'd have to think the issues are at least somewhat related. Um, the Dodgers are on an incredible tear, 40 games over 500 with a 12 and a half game lead in the NL West as we record here on Thursday night. Insane. So, they, yeah, so they, I mean, they can afford to play it safe with their ace and I expect them to do just that, possibly holding them out until early to mid September, the longer end of that reported timetable. Um, Kershaw was having another Cy Young caliber season before this injury, uh, 2.04 ERA, 0.88 WHIP, um, bunch of strikeouts and 141 innings. I, I'd say Max Scherzer is now probably the clear favorite to win the National League Cy Young Award, but mm-hmm. that's a discussion for another podcast. Um, 
Brock Stewart got the first crack at filling Kershaw's rotation spot on Wednesday. Allowed five five runs in three and two-thirds innings, but none of them were earned. Um, lasted just 55 pitches, which was planned as he had been operating in a long relief role for Los Angeles. Stewart will probably get up to 70-plus pitches in his next start, but I don't really think that gives him any more appeal as a, a fantasy option. Nah. If you're a Kershaw owner, you're probably in streaming mode uh, to you know to fill your, his spot on your fantasy roster, and that's kind of a what's available game. Um, Brent Suter of the Brewers is someone I like, owned in only 23% of Yahoo leagues and has looked really sharp since moving into the rotation. Um, had a really good start last time out. We've also got Luke Weaver taking Adam Wainwright's spot in the Cardinals rotation. Uh, it might only be temporary because Wainwright's disabled this stint. Looks like more of an opportunity to get him rest than anything. Uh, we've, we've seen a lot of teams do that with the new 10 to ADL. Um, Weaver's a nice young arm, though. Uh, first round pick in 2014 with a 1.81 ERA and 8.9 K per nine and 51 career minor league starts. Um, uh, do you have any decent streaming options in mind for our lovely listeners? Um, yeah, yeah. I put two of them in, in waiver wired today and, um, you know, they could be streaming options, but I think they are kind of names on the upswing, but names that aren't fully appreciated yet. Uh, one's Luis Castillo, uh, with the Reds rookie right-hander, a really hard throwing right-hander. Um, he gets the Marlins on Saturday and I know the Marlins, especially Giancarlo Stanton has been ridiculous recently. Um, but Castillo's had a hellish schedule so far in the majors, and he's survived it pretty okay. Has a 4.05 ERA with 45 strikeouts in 40 innings. If you need those strikeouts, it'll come in handy, and I think his schedule's only going to get easier uh, moving forward. Um, and also Mike Fultonevich uh, with the Braves. He's been on a nice run recently, another hard-throwing right-hander. Uh, 2.95 ERA over his last seven starts. Um, he gets the Phillies on Monday, so if you want to start your week on a strong note, I think Fultonevich is a good option. I think both these guys could have appeal sort of beyond streaming situations. Yeah, those are back-end fantasy starters, I'd say. Um, like, like I said, it's just like it, it depends on what your league format is. Um, I, I get a lot of questions about, like, oh, who should I pick up? Well, show me who's available. Um, right. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's all about context. Um, sure. And as far as the Dodgers... Uh, yeah, I mean, they definitely can sort of be conservative with Kershaw. I mean, they have no reason not to. Um, but it doesn't seem like they're going to stand pat as far as their rotation. Uh, John Morosi of MLB Network reported uh, Thursday afternoon that the Dodgers are increasingly confident that they'll acquire one of you, Darvish, Sonny Gray, or Justin Verlander by Monday's deadline. So that's pretty big time. Yep. I mean, those are a lot of guys that we're going to be talking about for the rest of this show. Um yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that they're going to make a big move, even with their ridiculous run that they're on. Yeah. Um, they're loading up for the postseason. They want to make this one count. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so I think we can move on to the big call-ups from this week. We talked about Yuan Moncada's arrival in last week's show, but there's still plenty more to get into here, starting with Raphael Devers. Of course, Devers tore up double-A before a recent promotion to triple-A. Uh, the 20, 20-year-old only ended up playing in nine games in triple-A before his call-up this week. Uh, he went 0 for 4 with two walks and a run scored in his debut on Tuesday against the Mariners. Then he went 2 for 4 uh, with his first career homer uh, in Wednesday's win. Uh, I think everybody's excited about Devers in the long term, but uh, I think I'm having a hard time with a realistic expectation for him down the stretch. Um, 
I think you have to love the lineup in the ballpark. So it's a really great situation for him, but he's only 20 years old. So uh, we have to be a little bit reasonable here. And it looks like he'll be sitting against some left-handers. So that's another thing to keep in mind. And the Red Sox pulled off another trade this week, if you want to get into that. Yeah, they they got Eduardo Nunez from the Giants. I, I wonder if they started these trade discussions with the Giants about Nunez before they fully committed to bringing up Devers. Um, and I think that Nunez will probably work in more of a utility role in Boston. Like he's played, he's not necessarily a good defender, but he can, he has played a lot of different positions. <laughs> he has stood um, in different positions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, corner outfield, maybe some second base. Um, I think, he, I think they're viewing him as more of a bench bat and, Red Sox manager John Farrell kind of hinted at that um, the day after they acquired him. Yeah, I guess he's an insurance um, yeah. policy if Devers like falls on his face, basically. Yeah, and, and they don't want to expose Devers too much. You mentioned he's he's 20 years old and the expectations should be tempered. Um, he's not going to lead that lineup. But you know, if, if you bat him seventh and let him get comfortable, I think they'll, they'll get a lot of fruits out of that, uh, of that strategy. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about scenarios. Uh, if you're sort of in a shallow mixed league, maybe you're in a 12-team league, and you're thinking about whether to pick up Devers over someone like Alex Bregman, uh, Nick, Nick Castellanos, uh, Yuli Gurriel, would you would you make that move? Because I don't know if I would. No, I wouldn't, honestly. Um, I, I, and, I, and I'm like such a upside chaser but at this point in the season i mean especially a guy like guriel has been on a tear Mm -hmm. i I like what bregman has has done recently um i I know people get really frustrated with him he hasn't had a very good year overall but you're starting to see him come into his own he's still 23 years old um those those guys are far more reliable um for me yeah, I think they're. I think it's it's a tough choice, uh, but I'd probably go with those three guys too. I can maybe take or leave Castellanos, uh, but he's played a lot better over the past couple of months too. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. I think Bregman had a minor sort of hamstring issue in the past couple of days, but it seems like yeah he's going to be okay. I guess the other big call up this week is Lewis Brinson with the Brewers. We've we've actually seen him before. He had a brief call up last month, but it seems like he could be up for good this time. Yeah, um, the Brewers recalled him on Wednesday, and he has homered in his first two games since arriving back in the majors. Hit a solo shot um, on Thursday afternoon at Nationals Park in a 15-2 loss to the Nationals. Mm-hmm. The Nationals homered eight times in that game. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, he struggled badly uh, in his first taste of the majors last month. Batted 097 with 13 strikeouts in 14 games, but that's a fairly common thing for guys not named Mike Trout. Um, I think we see a really productive stretch run from Brinson. You know, he was ranked the number 16th prospect in the sport on Baseball America's midseason top 100 in 99 games at the AAA level between this season and last. Uh, he produced a 360 batting average, uh, OPS in the thousands, uh, 15 home runs and 18 stolen bases. Again, that's over 99 games. I think he's looking like a must-own right now and mixed fantasy leagues i guess if you're in like a more standard yahoo like three outfielder league he he wouldn't necessarily crack your starting roster but 
Um, and, and I'm pretty confident that this dude's going to be a monster and, and that it could start over these next, you know, final two months. Yeah, I'm interested to see, you know, the, the contact with the contact issues he had last time, if there's going to be an adjustment there. But from a power speed perspective, if he could give you, you know, 10 homers, 10 steals the rest of the way, uh, that would be pretty huge. And it looks like yeah. the, the Brewers have sort of moved on from Keon Broxton. Uh, in center field, Broxton was demoted to the minors. So it uh, looks like they're going to give Brinson the chance to sink or swim here. Of course, the Brewers are a contender. So you wonder a little bit about how much patience they'll have. Um, but it looks like he's going to get every opportunity to, to run away with that job. Yeah, they optioned uh, Brett Phillips back to the minors, too. Yeah. I thought it might be like a platoon between Phillips and Brinson. But I, I think Brinson's going to play against you know right-handers, too. I mean, he's, he's, he started against Max Scherzer, maybe the, the one of the best right-handers in baseball right. on Thursday afternoon. Uh, I dig it. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, yeah. two, two other ones, Derek Fisher with the Astros, Harrison Bader with the Cardinals. I think each of these guys are sort of stopgap options in fantasy leagues. Yeah. Uh, Fisher could be sent down as soon as this weekend. The Astros have uh, some maneuvering to do with their roster. Dallas Keuchel coming back from the disabled list. So, uh, But you have to like the power speed ability there. So someone to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, I know Steven Piscotty's on his, his way back for the Cardinals. So I guess my question is, do you think Bader still has a spot in the starting lineup once Piscotty's ready? Um, like Randall Gritchick has hit the ball well, but to, if I'm making the roster, I would I would continue to start Bader in center field until Dexter Fowler returns. Uh, Fowler hit the disabled list earlier this week with a forearm strain it's a left forearm strain not in his throwing arm so I, I don't know if it'll be a very long absence but um I don't know Bader's exciting he's a he's a guy with some some pop and some speed um almost beat out a routine ground ball in his first ever major league at bat and then scored the winning run um on a shallow fly to right field uh to win the game in his in his debut I, 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 but I think you're right in that he's he's really probably just a stopgap. You've got Piscotty coming back. Fowler might be back, um, you know, early to mid-August. Um, so I, I, he's not someone I would rush out to pick up. Right. And and I don't and I, honestly like the ceiling long term is maybe like a, an above average everyday major leaguer. Yeah. Um. But yeah. yeah. He looks like a, he looks like someone who's going to be like a really pesky kind of annoying player. You know what I mean? Yeah, perfect um, for the Cardinals. Perfect for the I was about to say perfect for the Cardinals. <laughs> you stole that one. Uh, okay, another quick sort of headline situation. Uh, the closer gig with the Athletics. Uh, Santiago Casilla blew his sixth save of the season uh, in ugly fashion on Wednesday. Uh, and there were immediately reports that he could be on the outs with the closer role. Blake Trinan got a chance at a four-out save on Thursday against the Blue Jays. But, of course, he gave up a game-tying homer. And the A's eventually lost in extra innings on a walk-off grand slam. So uh, I'm not sure if we're any closer to really figuring out an answer here. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Dole, maybe? He, he just returned from a pretty lengthy stay on the disabled list and pitched the eighth inning on Thursday. I I, I don't know. I, I think there were reports, or, or Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle, A's beat writer, said, you know, she met with... Um, Bob Melvin, you know, on Thursday morning before their game against the Blue Jays and and got the sense that he's considering a change at closer. But I think the issue is they don't really know where to turn. Mm-hmm. Um, Casilla has been pretty bad, but they've kind of stuck with him through his road bumps. Uh, so maybe they'll continue to trot him out there. I, 
if I'm picking someone up, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, the way I look at it is the A's are, you know, committed to sort of selling off some parts, they're rebuilding, um, they're already paying Casilla, and they're probably not going to be able to trade him, so they might as well just keep running him out there, um, rather than put a younger pitcher in position to where they're going to make more money in arbitration. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just kept sticking with Casilla. I mean, it's not an exciting yeah. answer, but I think that's probably... You know, more likely than not, than not. Yeah, and maybe tra- like training gets a, a few more shots, but it's it's probably not worth grabbing him in a, in a standard fantasy league. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's jump into some of these trades uh, before touching on the rumor stuff. Before we go, uh, we're recording this early Thursday evening, uh, so opposed to last week, we've mostly seen some minor stuff this week. Um, And I'll start with a trade that broke right before we started recording. Uh, According to various reports, the Rays have acquired Lucas Duda from the Mets. Uh, Mark Feinsand of MLB.com was first to report that it was done. Right-handed reliever Drew Smith is headed back to the Mets in the deal. He's had some good numbers in the minors this year, but uh, looking at it from the Mets' perspective, I think it's mostly uh, he's an impending free agent, Duda, um, and the Mets wanted to clear the way, uh, get Dominic Smith up. You know, give him some time in the majors over the final two months of the season. Um, as for Duda, he'll be moving into that first base DH situation with the Rays. Um, and as always, the Rays have a ton of moving pieces. So Logan Morrison's there, Trevor Plouffe, Brad Miller, Corey Dickerson, etc. Um, but I'd expect Duda would play against uh, right-handed pitching on most days. Uh, still, I think from a fantasy perspective... I would have rather seen Duda land with the Yankees, um, you know, that short porch in right field. We've heard him being connected to the Yankees over the past couple of weeks. So, you know, not an ideal uh, situation from a fantasy perspective, but he should still get plenty of at-bats. And you look at Duda this year, he's sort of been an underappreciated player over the past few years, has 17 home runs and an 879 OPS this season. Yeah. I mean, are you excited about Dominic Smith? Uh He's had a really good year in in, in AAA. Yeah. I mean, it's you know it's Vegas, so it's kind of hard right. to put those numbers into context. Uh, but he's hitting three thirty seven, fifteen homers, nine fourteen OPS over one hundred two games in Vegas. He's going to be the Mets' first baseman next year. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's going to happen. Uh, I think the question with him has always been about the power, uh, and especially in the time at the you know you look at the game right now with so much power, like you want first base to be a spot where you're getting power. So um, is he going to hit enough to, to, you know, make it worth it? I, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think that's going to be a question he's going to have to answer, Um, but I'm excited to see him. Uh, I think there's a sort of a similar vein with uh, as Drupal Cabrera, the Mets are shopping him as well. I think they want to clear him off the roster so they can bring up Ahmed Rosario. So uh, get a look at those two guys over the final two months of the season. The Indians have been mentioned as a possibility for Cabrera. Of course, he's been there before, uh, among other teams. I suspect he goes next. Uh, Cabrera has been playing third base over the past couple of days, so uh, clearly they're trying to market him to other teams, maybe for a utility type of role. So uh, I keep an eye out for that next. Uh, by the way, Cabrera's contract uh, includes an $8.5 million, million dollar club option for 2018, so Whoever acquires him, good. yeah, yeah. Might, they might consider picking that up. That's that's not a terrible deal by by any means. Um, so the White Sox continued their wheeling and dealing this week, uh, shipping right-handed reliever Anthony Swarzak to the Brewers and left-handed reliever Dan Jennings to the Rays. Swarzak is a guy we discussed on last, last week's podcast as a fill-in closer for the White Sox, and he did earn his first career save on Monday against the Cubs before getting shipped to Milwaukee on Tuesday. 
Um, Swarzak will slide into a setup role with the Brewers behind closer Corey Knebel. Um, so you, you can probably drop him if you picked him up when David Robertson and Tommy Canely were dealt like I did. Um, and then Jennings was traded at Tampa Bay on Thursday morning. Um, and it's anyone's guess who might be saving game, games down the stretch on the south side of Chicago. Yeah. Almost an, an A's situation, but even worse. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tyler Clippard has not been good since coming over from New York and that Robertson, Canely, Todd Frazier trade. I'm thinking maybe Jake Patrika gets, gets some shots. Um, he returned from the disabled this Wednesday after missing a month with an elbow strain and has a bit of ninth inning experience, 14 saves back in 2014. Um, maybe we see a fan contest where they pull somebody out of the stands every night at <laughs> guaranteed rate field to, to work the ninth inning. That, that could be an appealing idea. Uh, it could be, <laughs> like, any, it like, could be better than Tyler Clipper. That's for sure. Like Chris Beck, maybe I don't like Juan Manaya. I don't. I don't know. I didn't I even know get it. I didn't even get into it in waiver wire today. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that says enough about how I think about it. But um, <laughs> uh, another notable trade from this week is the one the Royals pulled off. Um, Trevor Cahill, Brandon Maurer, uh, Ryan Buchter going to the Royals for left-handers Matt Strom and Travis Wood and infield prospect Estuary Ruiz. Uh, fantasy impact here. Cahill's value. Uh, probably takes a little bit of a hit with the league switch. I think that's fair to say, but uh, I still believe in what he's done this year, throwing the curveball mm-hmm. more often, getting plenty of whiffs and grounders. Uh, so a nice combination there. Uh, but still, I mostly consider him a back-end matchup option in mixed leagues. As for Maurer, he was the closer in San Diego, had a sort of that inflated ERA. Uh, he's going to move into a setup role in Kansas City, so feel free to drop him in most fantasy formats if you haven't already. Um, and then looking at the Padres, now that Maurer's out of the mix, Brad Hand is at the top of the depth chart as far as saves, but his value has never been higher. So you look for the Padres to try to deal him before Monday's deadline. So that sort of leaves things wide open in this bullpen. Uh, Kirby Yates, uh, there's a rookie Phil Maton who's been pretty impressive. He was a closer in AAA, uh, potentially Carter Capps. Of course, uh, Carter Capps is still in the minors, rehabbing from Tommy John surgery. Um, he had a string of really good outings. I think he gave up a run on, on Wednesday, but uh, he's been on a nice run recently, so he's someone to keep an eye on. Uh, Yates gave up a homer Wednesday night against the Mets, uh, but he's been sneaky good uh, since the Angels designated him for assignment in April. He's actually among the league leaders uh, in swinging strike percentage among relievers. He's in the top five. Uh, so again, sneaky good, and he's available in most leagues. I think he's available in 98% of Yahoo leagues right now. So if someone you want to speculate on, you know, I think he's a good name. Um, and one thing about the Padres haul in this trade, I think we both really liked Matt Strom, uh, coming into this year. I was hoping he'd get a chance to start, uh, but this basically was a lost year for him. He had season ending knee surgery earlier this month, but Definitely someone to keep an eye on for next year and beyond. So, you know, file that name in your head. I think we're probably going to hear some hype about him in spring training next year. Hopefully the Padres give him a chance to start. Yeah, with with, with Caps, um, he had thrown 15 scoreless innings at AAA El Paso. I'm surprised the Padres haven't called him up yet. Yeah. He did allow two runs on, on Wednesday, but uh, it's weird that we haven't seen him yet. I, 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 they're still, like, messing with his mechanics, I guess. You know, he's got that hop-step delivery. Right. And then um, I think they he, switched the rule as far as bulks, like, especially for him this spring. So maybe yeah. they want to make sure he's, 
you know, showing consistent mechanics with that, I guess. Yeah. And they're not playing for anything this year, so they're just trying to get him right for the future. Um, any other trades you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, quick note about Pat Nishak getting traded to the Rockies. Um, there's no real fantasy fallout here as Nishak was serving as a setup man in Philadelphia and will probably work the sixth or seventh innings in Colorado um, behind Greg Holland and Adam Adovino and Jake McGee. Uh, but it's a nice pickup for the Rockies. Uh, Mashik had a 1.12 ERA and 0.82 whip in 40 innings this season with the Phillies, one of the bright spots of that team. Um, the Rockies have been struggling here in July. It's got swept by the Cardinals in St. Louis. They've lost four straight. But they still have a fairly comfortable lead for the second wildcard spot in the National League. And I, I think we'll see a few more moves from them before the, the July 31 deadline on Monday. Uh, okay, do we want to discuss some rumors quickly uh, before yeah. taking off? Okay, uh, go for there's, it. Yeah, there's there's some big names we've, we've got to cover. Um, so there have been a number of reports that the Marlins would not trade controllable assets while they undergo this change in ownership that seems to continue to drag on. Um, but Jeff Passan of Yahoo Sports reported on Thursday afternoon that they have begun shopping starting pitcher Dan Straley. Um, that's another nice option for contending teams that – don't want to meet the A's asking price for Sonny Gray or the Cardinals asking price for Lance Lynn or whatever the Tigers want for Justin Verlander. Um, there are some other options out there, too, on the starting pitching market. Um, Straley has been pretty bad in his last two outings, but he still holds a decent 3.84 ERA and 1.18 whip in 21 total starts this season with 107 strikeouts and 117 innings. Um, also had a good year last year with the Reds. Um, the big appeal with Straley as opposed to some of the other options that I stated is that he's making the major league minimum this season and will be arbitration eligible for 2018, 2019, and 2020. Um, so you could see more than just surefire contenders in the mix here. Yeah. Um, another one I want to mention here was another possible deal for the Royals. According to John Morosi of MLB Network, um, it looks like they are making progress on a deal with the Blue Jays for Francisco Liriano. Now, Liriano has had a really bad year, uh, 599 ERA over 17 starts, but clearly they're hoping to catch some lightning in a bottle here down the stretch. And, and hey, I think he could be a decent gamble if they're trying to do that, sort of fill out their rotation. I already got Cahill, but another option for that rotation. Um, and I think it's cool that the Royals are going for it. Um, they're a game up on the Rays for one of the two wild card spots right now. They're two games back in the AL Central, so who knows where they could go? But you know, you look at this team: Eric Hosmer, Mike Mustakis, Lorenzo Cain, and pending free agents. Um, they're adding pieces. They're going for it. Uh, so I'm definitely into it. Yeah, I think the Lariano thing is the Royals just want upgrades and don't really have the farm system yeah. to go, go get big name guys. So might as well take a shot. He's the kind of guy that like has a stretch of really good outings and then really terrible outings. And I also think it's a reflection of teams don't want to give major pieces for just competing in a wild card game. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you're going after sort of these marginal potential upgrades. So, you know, it makes sense to me that you're not you don't want to leverage your top prospects for one game. Yeah. Let's uh, hit on the latest with Sonny Gray, who's getting a lot of headlines. Um on Wednesday night, Joel Sherman of the New York Post reported that the Yankees appear to be the front runner here and, and might even be working on a package that would also net them first baseman Yonder Alonso. Now it sounds like they're talking 
separately just about Gray. But um, the Nationals are reportedly out, uh, confident that Steven Strasburg's elbow injury isn't too serious. Um, there was a report earlier this week that the Brewers had been fading in talks for Gray, probably due to the asking price. Um, even with getting Swarzak, the, the Brewers aren't really in full buy-now mode. Um, it feels like the Astros might not be involved as much here either as we previously thought. Uh, Dallas Keuchel is finally due back from the disabled list on Friday night, and they seem to be exploring relief upgrades primarily. Um, they're thought to be the the, the front-runner for Justin Wilson of the Tigers, left-handed reliever. Um, I think the Mariners might be a dark horse on gray. Um, even if they fall out of the wild-card race, they need reliable starting pitcher for starting pitching for next year, and Gray's under contract through 2019. I think that would be a, a really good landing spot um, for him for fantasy purposes. Yeah, Gray and Paxton at the top of that rotation kind of transitioning away from King Felix. Uh, I think that'd be pretty good. Uh, another one, Addison Reed uh, with the Mets, uh, very likely to be traded by Monday. Uh, just a matter of where he's going to land. Um, Mark Feinstein of MLB.com uh, reported Thursday afternoon that the Brewers and the Diamondbacks are among the teams interested in Reed. Of course, Reed was traded from the Diamondbacks to the Mets two years ago, so uh, interesting to see that come up again. Uh, but I think he'd be a great fit there. Uh, I think we mentioned last week how scary a thought it would be <laughs> to have your season on the line with Fernando Rodney uh, in the ninth inning. So um, I think they, they clearly need someone there, whether it's Reed or an A.J. Ramos or, or something to that effect. Uh, the Red Sox have been linked to Addison Reed, too. Uh, Reed's going to be traded. It's just a matter of where he goes, and it's also a matter of whether he pitches in a setup role or he's a closer. You know, Obviously, if he goes to the Red Sox, he'd be a setup man. Uh, if he goes to the Brewers or the Diamondbacks, maybe he does end up closing again. Um, so that's definitely going to be something to track. Another uh, Mark Feinstein report. By the way, he's done like a very impressive transition I know. from Yan- Yankees beat writer to like reporter. I noticed I really he's, like- he's ramped it up this week in a big way. Really good. Um, he reported on Thursday that the Twins have begun fielding calls on starting pitchers Irvin Santana and Jaime Garcia. Uh, Garcia just acquired from the Braves, along with second baseman Brian Dozier and closer Brandon Kinsler. Um, Minnesota is a new entrant on the sellers market after a rough week at Dodger stadium. They have a number of attractive pieces, Santana probably being the most attractive. Uh, he was a 2017 all-star leads all MLB pitchers with three shutouts. He's under contract through 2018 with a vesting option for 2019 based on innings pitched. Um, he's 34 years old, but a 3.37 ERA and 51 starts over the last two seasons since his PED suspension in 2015. Uh, Minnesota can probably get a nice prospect uh, out of him. Dozier might fetch something decent too, um, though they could wait to trade him this winter if the offers aren't there. He's under contract for $9 million in 2018. It's funny that the Twins acquired Jaime Garcia and now they're like, you know, never mind. We're not, we're not actually doing this. <laughs> maybe, maybe they can flip him. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's well. I think there was like a week there where they were like, maybe we'll dip our toe into the water of being buyers, and then they lost what six of seven against the Tigers and and the Dodgers. Right. Uh, so when we do this show next week, there will be no more rumors. There will be trades to break down. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. I think that will do it for us this week. 
Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can always email rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Again, that's rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Sill. And we'll see you next time. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.